Thank you for joining me, friends and family. Um, my name is Gail Manizak. I'm going to talk a little bit about spiritual warfare. Um, this actually, this issue is not talked about in many Christian gatherings or groups or teachings, I don't believe, and should have, in my humble opinion, should have be taught on much more often than it is. Um, way back when I was a young woman coming up in the church, it was not taught either. And it would have been good for me after all these years and the things that I've been through to have known more about this subject. So in saying that, um, sadly, that too few Christians are trained for war. Amen. Um, if you are walking with the Lord, if you're walking close to the Lord and walking in his will, you're going to be facing some sort of warfare at one time or another. Why? Because you, the spirit in you is enmity against the spirit of the world uh, or the spirit of the devil that you clash. There is warfare going on all the time, whether you can see it or not. So in, it, it, it's hard to actually find pastors who know what to do with warfare or with people or with people that uh, the enemy is attacking them or they're under attack of the evil one. You know, our Bible colleges and our seminaries are, rarely deal with this subject. So people don't know what to do when you do face it. In a practical way, and many actually teach dangerous, dangerously untruth paradigms about spiritual warfare that warn people uh, from involvement with the subject. But there are times that we're going to face it. What do you do with that? So um, there was this one minister that was counseling, counseling at a counseling center. He and he was a uh, a good friend and when he was first in ministry he knew nothing about spiritual warfare and as a young say bivocational pastor he was called to the home of a woman who was in crisis and he asked his mentor he's a pastor with over 30 years of ministry experience to to go with him to this woman's house well, here they go, and when they arrive, they find that this woman is curled up on the floor in a catatonic state. So the, the senior or veteran pastor sized up the situation and then took the younger pastor into the next room. And he said, do you know what that was? And he, he, this is what he asked the younger pastor, and the younger pastor said, no. He said, you were looking in the eyes of a demon. Well, what do we do, he said. Good question. So today, this young minister, he preaches. Um, I just had a pop-up. Let's see. Okay, he teaches people how to deal with such situations. And do you, so do you know what? his mentor told him he said we're going to leave can you believe it we're going to just leave her there so he thought it was best to get her checked into a psych ward 
and just walk away from the situation. He had no idea how to help her. And then um, they made a call to another young pastor who was facing this crisis. It turned out there was a person in his office rolling around on the floor with this, this person with demonic noises emanating through her and this pastor had been trained at a nationally recognized seminary, but one that promotes the NANC form of biblical counseling of the exclusion of all others. So nothing in seminary or ministry, ministry training had, ex, had actually prepared him for this type of situation. So he said that the um, so he said that he commanded the demon to leave in the name of Jesus with no effect. He had tried reading scripture out loud, but it was only making the situation worse. So this other minister that had been trained more in this field of spiritual warfare gave him a crash course of spiritual warfare right there on the phone and he said authority alone won't work you'll just wear yourself out and leave discouraged and defeated so use your authority to bind the demons in the name of Jesus command them to be silent and inactive and to allow you to speak to the woman who came to you for help. Okay, so that's what the young man did. He followed those instructions. He listened to that pastor. And he did this and he, he bound the demons, gaining control of the situation. He was soon able to speak with the woman and he could, uh, he would periodically repeat his command to silence the wicked spirit. He said, I, I told him that this kind of demonic episode usually only happens if there has been some significant occult um, involvement by the person themselves or their family. So then uh, the older pastor or the pastor that was trained in this encouraged him to ask her if she dabbled in the occult and if so, to renounce each area of participation and to use her authority as a Christian to command the demons who had gained access through her participation to leave. So he soon learned that she had been raised in a family where the occult was commonly practiced and that she herself had often participated in tarot card readings, Ouija boards, and other forms of witchcraft. So to his credit, the pastor handled the situation, handled the situation beautifully and was able to help the woman. But once he got the, the basic concept in mind, using authority to bind and renouncing the sins that had opened the door to the demons, and assisting the woman to use her own authority in Christ to evict them. Then they started making headway then.
So then um, the man, the minister that went through this called back the minister that helped him on the phone and days later and said that over the course of two sessions that they believed that the woman was completely free of demons. So, you know, when people get involved in the occult, and I'd really caution all people everywhere that would ever, he, ever hear this message to stay away from all of it, you are opening doors to the demonic realm when you get involved in it. So don't let your curiosity or your temptation get the best of you. Don't go in that direction and end up like this woman. So here now, after this woman was set free, of course, they're working on uh, discipling her in order to build her up in the faith. Um, but the, this pastor, he did have two good questions. Why was I taught that stuff like this can happen to Christians? And I'm sure there are Christians in the sound of my voice that are saying that, that same thing, that they, they've been taught that this cannot happen to Christians. And, and where do I go to learn how to help people in this condition? So he was actually directed, the, the pastor that had all the knowledge in this area was able to direct him where to go and get help and good uh, direction in studying for himself. And um, I believe he first recommended him the book, The Adversary, excuse me, um, by Mark Burbeck's book that called The Adversary, and then The Beginner's Guide to Spiritual Warfare by Neil Anderson. So a few months later, he, he and his wife came to uh, one of the training courses and told us about the many victories they were beginning to see and how much he was growing as he continued on his journey. So this was a wonderful thing actually because these, this pastor came into the place of learning the truth about spiritual warfare and was able to go in and do exactly what Jesus told us to do and that is set the captives free. So if you're a captive today, you need to be set free. And if you're not, you need to be setting others free helping others to get freedom so they can grow and mature in their Christian life. So can Christians have demons? Yes, they can, is the answer. Let me <clears throat> see. Spiritual warfare is not, I'm going to close here with this. Spiritual warfare is not an optional activity for believers. It's not a program in the church that you can sign up for to choose to ignore. You've not been granted immunity or vaccinated against the effects of the devil. Amen. Just because you were uh, injected with uh, the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You're filled with the Spirit does not mean you can't come under the attack or effects of the devil. Although you may never be confronted with a demon. You know, as, as I actually was at one time when I was actually at my husband's work and was confronted by, by a demon that manifested in his boss as we stood there talking to him. I was looking right at it. 
that was not in a church uh, atmosphere or a place where he was looking for deliverance by any means, but the Lord showed me that, and I'm sure he showed me, so I would have a sense of the reality of the spiritual realm. So even if spiritual warfare never visits you in such a, a dramatic way, you live with it every day in the battles that you experience, like the battle of your mind or the battle for your church or the battle for your home, the battle for your community. So it's time, and in closing, I want to say that it's time for the church to wake up to the reality of the war and prepare its people and its leaders for battle. As I don't believe times are going to get any easier. If any thing, I'm older. I'm 75 years old this next January. So 74 years old right now, September. I'm um, not even sure what the date is. The 17th maybe? Yes. September 17th, 2021. And in a few months, I'm going to be 75 years old. So I look back over 50 years of my life and see how 50 years ago it was not quite so bad in the world then as it is today. So we are consistently, just the world is evolving and growing into darker and darker times. And that's what the Bible says. And in the last days, that grave darkness will cover the earth. So we need to be prepared for the things that are ahead of us. I would say pray and ask the Lord. Just make that your prayer. Lord, prepare me. You know, I think of that song, Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary. Amen. That's what I want to be, friends and family. I want to be a sanctuary just for Jesus to use. I want to be able to be in that place where I have enough knowledge and not lacking in knowledge where I can help people that need help. And I know even now, just as we're getting ready to open a spiritual or a, a inner healing and deliverance center here, um, we, my husband and I are excited about that because that is what Jesus told us to do. Not just us, all of us. That means you and, and every other Christian. Go and set the captives free. Amen. He wants us to go lay hands on the sick and they shall be healed. So, so many things that Jesus told us to do that we're not doing. Um, so many attributes in his life I was speaking about the other day that we should have that we don't have, such as one big one would be humility. Are we humble? Do we love our brother and sister as we love ourselves or as we love our own life? Ask yourself that question and see what your heart really says. What is the truth? Because we need to be to be grown, to mature, and to come into the uh, maturity of Christ in so many different ways. Because why? Because we haven't been taught it in the churches, and sometimes we don't pick it up when we read it in the Bible. So in closing, I'm going to say God bless you, each and every one. You're loved. My husband and I pray for all of you on our YouTube site that come there. And, and there are not that many, I guarantee you. 
we reach just such a small group of people but you know i've always prayed and said god help me just go after the one and uh, i think heidi baker says said that and i think she's the one that i heard her say that and it's like yes that's all we have to do is go after the one that needs help amen and um that's a big enough picture for us on an everyday basis all right so god bless you each and every one have a blessed week